Welcome to Brandwith On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. We're at a point where the only barrier to entry for anybody to compete is music licensing. That's really the only barrier for somebody to start up a radio station and compete. So really the barrier is getting to the point where everybody from grandpa to a child can access your content. And we are almost there. Once that happens, radio, as we know it, the traditional radio stations, cease to have any advantage. Now your guides through the media morphosis. Noted communications second generation broadcaster and media strategist, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. You have no doubt seen the name Perry Michael Simon many times. Well, he writes a lot as <laughs> vice president, editor of news, talk, sports, and podcasting for allaccess.com. Perry writes comprehensive daily media coverage and other pieces that appear at various sites, including bbcamerica.com. And he also covers major conventions like the CES show, the radio boot camps, Conclave, and of course the recent NAB, and just about any other place where two or more are gathered in the name of media. After serving as PD for such notable radio stations as Jersey 101.5 and KLSX in Los Angeles, he's also been a leader in podcasting. He was director of programming at the Nerdist Podcast Network and editor-in-chief of Nerdist.com. Welcome, Harry Michael Simon. I don't know if I can live up to that buildup, but thank you. I think you already have, sir. I mean, you've done it all. So the question is, thinking as a listener, what's one thing radio is doing really right for them? And more importantly, what can we do to make it even better? See, the problem is I'm not entirely sure that I can look at legacy radio as a, a single monolithic thing because, you know, there are individual stations doing things right. There are companies that tend to do things right, uh, individual broadcasters doing things right. But there are also a lot of them doing it wrong. And I tend to look at this thing more as what the industry needs to do moving forward. Okay. Uh, it, it's more about the future for me than it is what I hear now, because what I hear now is pretty much the same as it's always been, and the world is changing around it. Yeah. And the issue is more whether the industry has a willingness to take risks, whether they're looking to try new and different ideas, because as we move forward, the things that radio has been good at, like playing music, being very easy to use, uh, giving the time and weather, a lot of that stuff is being supplanted by technology, by competition that's coming from all angles yeah, absolutely and as we move forward and it gets much easier to access that kind of stuff everywhere including in the car radio is going to have to adapt mm -hmm. and i know that radio as an industry likes to think of itself as more engaging and connected to its listeners and you get the research you know i don't know how many times we're going to hear 93 percent reach 93 percent reach 93 percent reach we okay we get it 93 percent reach with precipitously falling time spent listening, but 93% reach. Yeah, everybody yeah. hears radio passing at some point during their week, but younger audiences are, are not getting what they're looking for from broadcast radio. So I think the issue is less, you know, what are we doing right now? Because for a segment of the population, and it's going to grow as we move forward, it doesn't matter because they're really not paying attention. Mm -hmm. They've got Spotify, they've got podcasts, they've got Apple Music, they've got not only at their fingertips, but as the voice control systems like Amazon's Echo, as that stuff gets into the car and you can just get in the car and ask for Spotify playlist or the weather or a podcast, 
and it comes up right away without any friction at all, radio doesn't have an advantage there. Radio has to come up with something that it does have an advantage on. And I think ultimately the advantage that they have is decades of development of content that people like. However, I think that they've fallen short of that in the last, oh, I'd say probably more than a decade because there's been nothing new. And the way I, I've put it in the past, and I don't know if everybody's going to agree with me on this, but if you took a radio station from today and played it for somebody who was a radio listener in 1990, they wouldn't notice that much of a difference. It sounds pretty much the same. And I know that there are some people who feel that there's a value to familiarity, but times are changing. Times are moving forward, and we're pretty much giving them the same thing that they've always gotten. And at the same time, podcasts are doing things differently. Uh, the customizable music services like Spotify or Pandora to some extent or anything else that they can get online, those are giving them a different experience. Radio has been slow to respond to that, and the response tends to be me too, like iHeartRadio offering a very similar experience to Pandora, or now they're opening up playlists to the non-paying users, which is a Spotify thing. A lot of it is me too. They've got to do better. They've got to come up with something different. And to me, a lot of what we would look at as something different involves developing talent that you can't get anywhere else. Letting the talent do creative things that they might not be able to do elsewhere. Uh, I think that that's where radio needs to go as a business. But I also think that the business is kind of separating into two different things. And uh, the business end is moving in a direction that is going to have to be less preserving the value of trying to recoup what they paid for these things and more towards trying to exploit the kind of stuff that they have in their hands. And on a surface, you might say, well, they have content and they can sell the content. I don't think that that's where it is. I think just judging by what I heard at the NAB, that a lot of the CEOs and the corporate executives in radio are starting to realize that they are sitting on a lot of data. Right. They do a lot of research. They get large subscription lists of people who register for their websites or register for contests, and they can probably make a lot more money on that than they have in the past. So I think that's where their business is heading. And meanwhile, the content creators have a world where they can do whatever they want, and they don't have to have a program director mediating what they do. They don't have anybody telling them what they can do. You can put it directly on the web. You can put it out as a podcast, streaming. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can use social media to gain an audience, and you can create pretty much any kind of audio or video content that you want. Put it out there, and you have an international audience right away. Uh, those are two branches coming off of radio, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and whether the companies that we know of as radio today are still in the game, you know, bankruptcy notwithstanding. Right. It'll be interesting to see who is in the game and what the game is in even five years. Well, Terry, talking about today's game, you walked into a radio station today. What would be three things you'd look at to determine if they were really on track and getting it or not? Well, I think the first thing I'd want is to hear something that is unique, unique to the station, unique to the market, something that I would feel that I can't get elsewhere or I can't get it better elsewhere. So the first thing is to see if programming, whether it's talk programming or whether it's music, 
uh, whether it is just a unique thing to the market. The second thing, I always preferred a, a station, you know, radio always pushes the idea of localism. And I always preferred stations that sounded like their markets, right down to all the right local references, jocks and hosts that sound, have the accent, if there is a local accent, who mm -hmm. uh, sound like they are your neighbors, that really have a connection to the local market. And I guess a corollary to that, or just a, a side note to that is that uh, I like branding that kind of connects the station to the market. The, the thing I like is when a station it has a brand and equity in that brand in the market. So whether it's a direct ref, you know, the name of the station is a direct reference to the market or the call letters are just used as, you know, something that when you hear them, they instantly conjure up that market. I think that's a value too. The third thing, well, I always look to see if they're giving me any reason to switch away. Long stop sets, inane chatter, uh, you know, a host that doesn't get to the point. Uh, breaks that mean nothing, just reading the same stuff that you can hear everywhere else. Those are occasions to turn away from me, and I would be looking for stations that just basically give you a reason to stay with them. And I'm going to add a fourth, too. And it's not about what's on the air. It's about how they do their digital. What are they doing with their digital assets? Are they producing unique content for podcasts and web video? Are they active on social media and not just promoting contests and you know, just repurposing what the corporate digital people gave them, like uh, some chains do. Uh, are the hosts online and engaging with the audience as people and directly, not as uh, stars that are too big for their audience? I think radio has been slow to grasp that. I think that there are stations and individuals in radio who do it very well, and there are others who still don't understand exactly what the value is in being a digital because they just look at whether they can make money on it directly right now. And I don't think that that's the way you can look at these things because by the time that it does start generating real dollars, it may be too late for those people. Now now that the bankruptcy is, uh, is happening and Cumulus is in bankruptcy, and it's especially critical because we're at a point where the only barrier to entry for anybody to compete is music licensing. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why podcasts are mostly all spoken word is because whatever music licenses are out there for music that is not generic or independent, you know, music that people know, the familiar stuff, you can't really get. I mean, it's just it's out of reach. You know, whatever is out there is extremely expensive and there's not much out there. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. But that's really the only barrier for somebody to start up a radio station and compete. And if it's spoken word, there is no barrier. So really the barrier is getting to the point where everybody from grandpa to a child can access your content without any friction at all by just asking for it. And we are almost there in every room and in cars and in every place that you go. Once that happens, uh, it's a different world and radio as we know it, the traditional radio stations cease to have any advantage. What a bright guy. We're with Perry Michael Simon today. Is there somebody you'd like to hear from? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us, show at brandwithondemand.com.
Beasley.com. Yeah, they can join other great guests like Beasley VP of Programming Buzz Knight, Hubbard President and COO Drew Horowitz, KOIT Morning co-host Nick Steele from Nick and Kristen, and other great media thought leaders. And please help us spread the word about Brandwith On Demand. For helping folks make great radio brands and the online brand with strategies that can help you keep your career moving forward, invite your friends to text REIMAGINE to 44222. That's REIMAGINE to 44222. Exploring media evolution in real time. Brandwith On Demand. What is it that makes Music Master the favorite choice of radio programmers all around the world? Ask CKRM's Colin Lovequist. Music Master has just eased the workload and the stress, giving me more time to spend with the community. The real question is why will you choose Music Master? Find out at musicmaster.com. Eckhart's Press, radio's favorite publisher, announces the second printing of Brandwith, the original book by Kipper McGee. Click our banner for a free chapter and podcast special. Don't miss the media morphosis. Get brand with today. Opportunities hidden in plain sight. Plain sight. Brand with on demand. And today we're with one of the best and brightest out there, Perry Michael Simon. Perry, what are some opportunities that you think local radio stations may find hiding in plain sight? Oh, the first thing that comes to mind is if they want to know, they can pay me. Um, the second thing <laughs> is that I think, oddly enough, one of the great opportunities, uh, I'm thinking of this because my background is mostly in talk radio, is local. And it's something that they used to do and they don't anymore because most talk radio stations are largely syndicated. And there's nothing wrong with, with that per se, that you know, obviously a lot of the news that's happening is it's national and it's coming in tense torrents. But talk radio used to do a lot of local talk and focus on things that nobody else was talking about and they did it well and now you don't see that at all even even in major markets you know you don't have to go very far down the list to find markets where all the talk except for maybe like one afternoon show are is syndicated and the local guys all seem to be talking about national issues if you have an opportunity to talk about something that nobody else is talking about, to me, that's your business decision. That's what you do. Yes. You go and you give people something that you, they can't get on the rest of the dial. And in talk radio's situation right now, and I understand, look, you know, you have Trump in the White House, but I think a lot of the opportunity is local and to talk about everything as it relates to the local listener, how it impacts you if you're in that market. And what the mayor is up to, what the governor is up to. And so many of these stations, either the hosts think, well, that's too small for me, or they just look at, you know, well, Rush is talking about that, so I'll talk about that. And then there are others who would really rather have a computer in the closet than actual live human beings. So I think the opportunity is to talk about stuff that nobody else is talking about, to focus on the local. And I think you can translate that to music stations too, because you got to talk about something between the records to distinguish yourself from Spotify. And you might as well be what's going on right in front of you in the local community. That is something that the streamers and the podcasters aren't necessarily going to do, although podcasting can and should look at that as well. But it's an opportunity. I think that's 
something that is uh, it's a strategic advantage for radio that could go away very easily. But if they establish themselves now, reestablish themselves as the kings and queens of local content, uh, then I think that that's a viable future. Well, it's the advantage that some of the best sports talk stations have, right? Very much so. And yeah. you can see that in the major markets, it's all local. Even the ESPN stations are local largely during the day. And honestly, you could take a page from that. It's, it's a good observation that uh, if you're in Los Angeles and you turn on a sports radio station and they're talking about Alabama football, it's going to fail. But if you turn it on and they're talking about the Lakers, then mm -hmm. you're fine. And that's the same you know, you could not succeed in New York or Philadelphia or Boston or Washington or any city with a sports tradition and not talk about local things. Mm -hmm. So it's no different for talk radio and it's no different for music radio. Just, you are local. That is what you're identified as. That's your strategic advantage. Use it. Our thanks to the delightful Perry Michael Simon. The expanded play of this interview is available at brandwithondemand.com. And next time, we learn how the infinite dial is getting even more infinite. The world-famous Tom Webster from Edison Research explains. That's a wrap, Kipper. Hey, here are three ways you can set yourself apart by helping others. In this case, helping sales. You'll find it in the one-minute marketizing at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide. Any reuse or redistribution of Brand With On Demand without the express written consent of the producers is greatly appreciated. While you're at it, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcast. Your feedback helps others discover Brandwith On Demand. Not your average quarter hour. Dave Martin and Kipper McGee.